Well, the markets are in a maudlin mood on Friday, and quite rightly, perhaps, the vaccine rollout isn't happening as fast as many would hope. In the UK, where it's happening fairly quickly, there are raised concerns about the one-dose-each approach, and new strains could be worse than first feared. And the PMI numbers on Friday were the latest evidence that economies are being slowed down markedly by lockdowns, which could go on much longer yet, except in Australia, of course. So what will that mean for Australian inflation, the Australian dollar, Australian bond yields? We'll find out. It's Monday, the 25th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar might have gained a little ground on Friday. It was up about 0.1% on the DXY index, but it was down over 0.6% over the week. The Aussie dollar, though, was the big loser on Friday. It was down 0.6%, but up almost 0.2% over the week. Yet the Kiwi dollar gained much more, 0.8% last week. The pound was up 0.7%. This theme that Friday was very different from the rest of the week was reflected in bonds too. 10-year treasuries and 10-year gilts were both down around two basis points on Friday, but both saw yields up over the week, although only just for 10-year treasuries. And in Australia, it was up all the way, up six basis points for 10-year yields on Friday. Uh, The week ending rather badly for equities, though. The S&P 500 down 0.3%, the ASX 200 a little bit more than that. The Eurostox 50 down over 0.4%. The Nasdaq did manage to climb a little on Friday, but over the week it was well up, over uh, 4% up, in fact, in a week. It wasn't a terrific week, though, for coal, iron ore, which is fairly flat, or oil either. The WTI losing 1.6% on Friday. So a bit of a dampener at the end of the week. Ray Attrell is head of FX strategy at NAB. The COVID news isn't looking too positive. I guess that's what's behind all of this. It's knocked the stuffing out of any optimism we might have seen after the uh, the new president coming into the White House. Uh, and the PMI numbers as well, uh, the flash numbers were out on Friday and they didn't look too flash either, did they? No, generally, well, a few overs and unders on, on the PMIs, which we'll get to in a second. But um, no, I think, you know, Friday was really characterised. I mean, for most of, you know, recent weeks and months, in fact, you know, markets have been, you know, prepared to look through the negative current story, if you like, to the, uh, what we keep, keep calling the sunny uplands of a of a post-vaccine world. But I think there was just too many um, too many bad news snippets around on Friday, ranging in our time zone here, news that uh, parts of Kowloon in Hong Kong uh, were being not, uh, locked down for the first time. Um, some Malaysian holiday resorts, uh, Mexico, for example, as one big country, reported the highest new um, um, n- number of cases. And um, and in the UK, we had Prime Minister Johnson saying that the new uh, COVID variant um was more infectious as well as being, um, sorry, more deadly as well as being more infectious. And uh, and in the EU, which I think is is significant in terms of, you know, how soon will, will you know, countries be able to come fully out of lockdown? Um, we know that AstraZeneca, for one, and I think also Pfizer, are saying they're not going to be able to deliver um, vaccines uh, in the early stages of the rollout at nearly the rates that they had contracted to do with various governments. Yeah. So um, that's causing a huge amount of consternation. Well, in desperation, uh, Germany's officials. using Regeneron, which is the antibody that treated Donald Trump, as a sort of a stopgap measure because they're not getting the, the vaccine out fast enough. So 64 million right. doses globally out of 7.6 mm-hmm. billion people. That uh, gives us some context of how far we've got to go in that. That's right. on, the, on the positive side, I have seen that um, Mr. Fau- Dr. Fauci in the US has said 
that he thinks that the um, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that doesn't yet have approval uh, could get emergency use authorization in a couple of weeks. So there are you know more vaccines coming down the pipeline at least. So um, you know whether that's going to be able to to plug the gap left by um, production uh, problems that are limiting the supply of uh, particularly the AstraZeneca vir- uh, vaccine. Uh, but I guess the market remains to be seen. The market implication for all of this though is that lockdowns that people thought were going to be relatively short perhaps are just going to be extended aren't they so i noticed the uh the, the you know the, the the terminology that's being used in the uk government now which was sort of like you know everything will be in lockdown till the school's half term holidays at the end of february uh now they're saying well the schools might be able to go back after easter but they're not so sure so i mean everything's being pushed back a month or two it seems no that's right and i think it's sort of you know perhaps it's uh you know as well as um the pmi numbers which in places like the uk uh, are really fallen off a cliff haven't they so the mm, rate of yeah. decline in the service sector um, in the UK was probably the standout uh, the standout feature what that down to 38.8 from from 49.4 in um, in December so that's really showing up there but uh, I think it's more you know the forward-looking view so um, and the oil market is probably a good example of uh, you know news that on another day would have been positive perhaps from for the oil market coming out or oil prices coming out of uh, of the new White House administration um, I think sort of overshadowed by the potential demand side implications of more extended lockdowns but also a stronger stronger u.s dollar yeah it's interesting isn't it because joe biden you know he wants to cancel the keystone xl pipeline uh so he's going to stop shale oil from canada getting down to those refineries in texas but also you know his his green agenda he's he's not happy about shale oil full stop really so there's going to be much less supply you'd assume coming from the united states yeah no that's right so uh, so what did we have we had two executive orders on uh, the end of last week one as you say was the uh, which has been much heralded the cancellation of the keystone xl pipeline so uh, as a reminder that would have uh, it's a 14 billion dollar project that would have allowed canada to uh, transport um, crude oil from the tar sands of canada all the way through to refineries in texas so uh, that's not happening but has also said that um, only top biden appointees will be able to sign off on any drilling permits for the first 60 days of his presidency and uh, there was also a Bloomberg source story on Friday or over the weekend saying that uh, Joe Biden will go further this week and suspend the sale of oil and gas leases on federal yeah. land which um, um, they reliably inform me is where the US currently sources some 10% of its of its crude supplies. Right so so that's going to be less supply you'd assume that's going to push prices up but that's not really what we're seeing is it? Well exactly which I think as I say plays to that uh, that point that um, you know some mm. of the optimism about how quickly it Economies are going to fully reopen, and therefore the demand side of the oil equation, um, you know, is being a little bit challenged. So I think that's why we were down. Although um, we should never lose sight of the fact that um, you know, on days when the US dollar goes up, oil tends to go down, and vice versa. So there is a little bit of yeah. that, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Now talk me through this spike in Australian ten-year bond yields on Friday, up six basis points to one point one two percent, which is higher than. 10-year treasury yields in the US and, and also the Kiwi dollar which is outperforming the Aussie dollar by, by quite a mark as well. That's right. Well, I think the, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the common denominator there is the New Zealand inflation numbers that we had on mm. Friday morning, um, you know, coming in uh, three-tenths of a percent higher than expected. So, um, you know, still uh, below target in headline terms, one4 um, year on year, which was unchanged from Q3, but the market was looking for just 1.1%. 
And uh, the RBNZ has this uh, thing, sounds a bit arcane, called the sectoral factor model, which sort of strips out, um, you know, inflation that, that can be imported, if you like, from what we call non-tradables or domestically generated inflation. Uh, and that ticked up a tenth, which is the first time it's moved higher for, for quite some quarters. So um, we saw a big sell-off in the New Zealand uh, bond market. I think 10-year uh, yields there were up as much as 11 basis points. Um, and bearing in mind, we've got the Australian CPI numbers coming out on Wednesday. Uh, there definitely seemed to be a sort of contagion effect coming through there. Um, you know, also anecdotally, with, with Aussie bond yields being below Treasury yields in the last couple of weeks, it does seem that foreign investors are, are balking at, uh, at buying, um, you know, Australian government bonds that yields below US Treasuries. So a um, little bit of a perfect storm on Friday. So that um, Aussie US 10-year yield that was trading, I think, at minus half a basis point on Friday morning ended up something like two and a half or three basis points above um, uh, equivalent US Treasuries. So uh, that mm. was the story it's interesting there. that, you know, we look at uh, the UK and say, well, the vac- at least they're rolling out the vaccines quickly, even though they might not be giving uh, enough doses to people. Uh, and, you know, they do have the issue of this uh, of this other uh, variant, which they do reckon is in the country. They reckon the 70 or so. And there's a cabinet meeting apparently on Monday morning to discuss hotel quarantines in the UK. So are they going to step up? You know, when you come to the country, you now have to go into quarantine, but you can do it at home. Now you might have to do it at a hotel like you do uh, in Australia. So that shows how scared they are all of the, out of all of this. So, I mean, all of that's hitting the UK economy. And yet, you know, the uh, in, in Europe, um, you know, where they are rolling out doses a lot slower, uh, we're not seeing. If we look at those uh, PMIs for Germany, for example, the services PMI only fell slightly and only a, a little bit in, in manufacturing as well. And, yet, you know, they've had lockdowns in Germany for quite a while, too. It, it is. It is interesting, isn't it? That uh, certainly continental Europe seems to be um, seems to be surviving the sort of lockdown, the second wave, if that's what you call it, of, of lockdowns. Mm. Um, you, know, you know, far better. So if I look at uh, you know French manufacturing PMI still holding above fifty, Germany. Um, you know, manufacturing 57. So an absolute, the absolute numbers are important here. So, um, yeah. you know, down a little bit from 58.3, but still tells you that the German manufacturing sector is going gangbusters. But as we've said, you know, on many occasions, that to some extent reflects, you know, Germany's export dependent economy. And it's um, still st- very strong trade links with China and China's ongoing economic recovery. But, um, but yes, as you say, you know, services 46.8 from 45. So actually up a little mm. bit, albeit contracting, but at a less slow pace. And the overall Eurozone numbers, um, you know, actually, what have we got? Manufacturing 54.7. That was up from 54.4. And, uh, and services slipping to 45. But again, that was less than, than the market had been expecting. So sharp contrast with the UK. And then in the US, um, you know, those numbers have actually both risen, both manufacturing and services, uh, both up on the previous month uh, and by a good couple of points. So 57 yeah. and a half for US services from uh, 54.8. And uh, and so, yet the COVID infection numbers are a tragedy. So, well, that's why I've just seen that, uh, what is it, 25, the 25 million yeah. mark um, has just been passed in the US, according to the John Hopkins University. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we get the Australian trade numbers uh, today, uh, Australian inflation numbers as well later in the week. In the US, the FOMC are meeting on uh, on Wednesday. The earnings season's continuing uh, as well. Let's take a few of those, though. Let's look at those trade numbers today. What's expected? Well, um, the, there isn't an expert because it's the preliminary numbers. Um, for some reason, mm-hmm. the the news agencies aren't uh, you know aren't uh, asking us uh, pointy heads what we think about those. But uh, the general picture has been that the trade balance has come off a little bit. We were running 
looking at what five point two uh, billion uh, dollars in, Nove- in November, um, and I think five point nine billion in October. Um, generally, the story though is that higher prices, particularly for bulk commodities, have been uh, have been holding up the numbers. And, and and to date, if you look at overall exports to China, uh, despite all the various actions that China has taken against certain sectors, um, they've hardly touched the sides in aggregate, at least. Um, so exports to China are, are down a little bit in the last twelve months, um, but um, you know, but still holding up incredibly well. And that, to some extent, is, is both a price story, but also a demand story. Um, you know, on things like iron ore, for example, which continue to dwarf all other commodity exports. So um, anyway, so I think mm. you know, markets probably would be lo- looking for a number that's at least five billion today, and it'll take something a lot, uh, a lot different from that probably to have any uh, any ripple in the Australian dollar market this morning. But uh, I think um, you know right. on the week the CPI numbers I think are far more important, with maybe markets braced mm. for a somewhat higher than the sort of consensus number. Certainly that's NAB's view. We're at point nine on the quarter. I think the market is is point uh, seven. But um, but even if you take the, the just the underlying measure. Just they're important there, and on an annualized basis, we still think inflation will be in the low one. So, you know, still, you know, a long way short of the RBA's two to three percent target. Absolutely. Uh, the FOMC is meeting on Wednesday as well. Of course, earnings season continues. Tesla, Facebook, and Apple uh, this week. Let's see if uh, they can kick the equity markets back into action. Uh, we'll see if the mood changes. But we need some good news, don't we, to make the mood change? And there's not a lot there around at the moment, uh, apart from the fact that uh, it's Australia Day tomorrow. That's we well, can a day holiday at least for, uh, for yeah, most exactly. of us. So uh, something to yeah. look forward to. But, uh, and then, uh, back to the grindstone on Wednesday for us. Burnt sausages for you. All right. See you soon. Thanks for your time. Will do. Thanks, Phil. Yes, yeah, so I'll be back Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Have a great day tomorrow.